Hi everyone, welcome to episode 93 of our journey together through the book of Genesis in season 2 of the Bible Project podcast. And I've called this morning's, we're starting a new section together, and it's an introduction to Abraham. And over the next few episodes, we'll be working through the beginnings of the Abrahamic stories. The text we're going to cover today by way of introduction is Genesis chapter 11, verses 27 to 32, which say this, This is the account of Terah's family line, and Terah became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldees in the land of his birth. Abraham and Nahor both married. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive. Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abraham, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldees to go to Canaan. But when they came to Canaan, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. So as we progress together through this next great section of the Bible, we shall see, in a sense, God stepping back, so to speak. The individual personalities of the human characters are going to become more and more developed for us. What I recognise in that is God promoting the importance of individual responsibility. And he develops that through the sacrificial system, because through that we will see God step away slightly as he allows people to step forward and make atonement for their mistakes. Now, Abraham, who's going to be introduced in some detail over the next few days, is a very well-developed character. History, as many understand it, seems to start to hear with the story of Abraham. They sound, even to the modern ear, like historical stories. The narrative now will include a variety of stories in which Abraham is seen to act on his own initiative, and that's slightly different to how God related in the earlier stories of Noah and other people prior to the flood. Abraham is seen to take responsibility and but also face the consequences of when he gets things wrong. One of the things that really struck me about reading these stories and preparing this series this time is just how much it's like a warts and all story about a real person. Abraham is not really a divine figure in any sense. I mean, he has archetypical elements, of course, because he's the founder of a nation. But fundamentally, we can recognise that he's a human being, just like you and I. He has adventures. He makes the mistakes that any of us could make. And it's the mistakes that become the really important part of the story. Despite of the fact that he engages in some almost, one might say, deceptive practices, he's seen overall and recognised as a good man. He's not a perfect man by any sense of the imagination, but things will still work out for him okay in the end. As we know, he will become the founder of a nation, a great nation, a nation that will become God's people in the sense that God will use them to carry forward his salvation history. This is good news for everyone, And you know why? It's because perfect people are pretty hard to find in real life. 
You see, if the only pathway to having a rich and meaningful life was through some sort of perfection, then of course we'd all be in deep trouble. And it's very satisfying to read that, isn't it? That an ordinary person can be used by God. The other thing that I've been struck by is the fact that Abraham, and I believe this is one of the keys to the interpreting these stories, is he is seen to go out and do things. He does stuff. And the repercussions of it aren't always positive. Now, I think it's helpful to, to say it's useful to surround yourself with people who are helping you to try and move forward in life. And more importantly, with people who are happy when you move forward in life. They celebrate it with you. And people who are not happy when you move backwards. When you do destructive things, your friends shouldn't be there to cheer you on because they're not acting like friends if they do that. This is really important. It should be obvious to everyone, but it's clear to me that that's not the case for a great many people these days. What happens at the beginning of these Abrahamic stories, at the most basic level, is God comes to Abraham and says, go, get going, get out there, do stuff, do something, live your life. And when he sends Abraham out, he doesn't send him to a place of plenty. Ironically, it seems he is sent to a place where he faces famine and starvation and tyranny. And there are deceitful people there who wish him ill will. In fact, you might say, that's just like you where you and I live right now, today. So isn't this a useful story then? Abraham, or Abram as he's called at this point, ends up having to sojourn in Egypt and live in a world of tyranny and of deceit and of vulnerability. And yet God still says, go, go out, because if you do go, things will happen, great things will happen, and you will become the father of the nations. You'd have thought on a human level, if we were planning this out and we were being sent out, that God would have, we would have wished to have sent us immediately out to a land of milk and honey. But that isn't how it's going to happen for Abraham at all. Yet, even through these challenging stories, his mission is still regarded as divine. And that is because he will grow in God as he encounters life's complicated difficulties. And these are archetypical representations of the things that everyone will and should encounter. What is basically being said here, I believe, is something not that different to what is said in the Sermon on the Mind, which is that if you align yourself with God's will and you pay attention to the divine order of things as God has presented them to you, then you can operate and live in the midst of chaos in the midst of tyranny, among great deceptions, and yet you can still flourish spiritually and flourish in your relationship with God. This coming narrative of Abraham develops the personality and the character of an individual by picturing him as a person with a new God-given degree of responsibility. Now, I read an article in the Spectator magazine a couple of years back, and it talked about the fact that people today are fed this unending diet of their rights and their freedoms. And yet, even with that, people are still hungry. They're still struggling, aren't they? People are starving for an antidote for the meaningless of life. Well, the antidote that's revealed here in these coming Abrahamic stories is one about choosing to live in the real world, but flourishing by living in love and truth 
and, importantly, by accepting responsibility. That, I believe, is the secret to living a truly meaningful life. Without that sort of life, without a meaningful life, all around you becomes suffering, nihilism, despair, and all that that brings. And clearly that's not good. And that's what we see in the world around us. And that's what we see in the hearts of people around us, isn't it? It's soul-deadening, right to the very core of our beings. Instead, this tells me that if you are able to go out there and try and reveal the best of yourself to the world, then you can be an overwhelming force for good. Presenting the world with the best of you in service to the best of that which there is in the world. Whatever m mistakes you might make along the, the way, this tells me that God will wash it all out in a life where you live a life of service, sacrifice and responsibility. Abraham is not going to be a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination. He's a real person. He makes mistakes, but it doesn't matter in the overarching narrative. It is living out the promise that God has made him, and we too can live out the promise that God has made for us, despite our inadequacies. And this tells us that if we do that, we'll not only prevail, but listen to this, our descendants will benefit also. Isn't that really good news? Okay, well that's it for today and that's the introduction to this great new section we're launching into today. I'd remind you that all the previous episodes can be accessed through the links to the podcast in the episode notes section of any of the podcasts and you can also find all the ways you can touch base and access the ministries in the different platforms in the different ways I'm doing stuff. But that's it for this time so I hope you find that helpful and we'll join together again very soon. Bye for now.